Great to be with you today. Uh, are you super excited? Uh, you know who's coming? I hope you're super excited because the Antichrist is coming. How's that sound? Yee. Uh, that is uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah, that, that's how to ruin a great service. Um, I'll be honest, I don't like uh, preaching about the Antichrist, even found in the Scripture. Um, I don't like to give him any uh, position in our church and any uh, uh, headlines or anything like that, but uh, this is part of the Scripture, and so today, uh, this is what we are doing. Uh, as we get moving this morning, uh, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm not going to be in one passage like I usually am. I try to stay disciplined to doing that. And this morning, we're going to be all over the place. Stan, I'm going to give him a workout. Um, uh, he's, uh, he's on his toes, and so he'll be ready and hopefully keep me on track as well. I want to encourage you about a couple of things and just say some things at the outset. Uh, none of us are experts in uh, prophecy, and I say that's none of you and none of me, okay? Uh, we are not experts. In fact, uh, in our culture today, uh, people are saying, uh, we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to do a deep dive. And I want to tell you, uh, if we do a deep dive on the things that we're talking about today, our lungs will explode, okay? We can't go deep enough. We can't understand enough. Uh, and God has not given us all we need to know. Uh, he has given us all we need to know, but all, not all that there is to say. Uh, and so as he, we look at these details of end time events, uh, I just want you to know that we are learning, we're getting pieces in place, pieces that God has given us. And I, I want to encourage you not to speculate beyond that. Um, there's been a lot of people who found themselves very smart uh, and they've speculated over the years, and I don't think that's wise. I think it's wise to stick with what God has said and trust Him. Uh, trust Him that that's enough. And as a, uh, as a child would do to their father, I'll just hold his hand. I'll just hold his hand and trust that the words that he said for me were enough. And so as we go uh, to our study this morning, I, I just trust that that will be encouragement to all of us. I want to pray for us, just asking God's blessing on our time. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a full church. Uh, God, we, uh, what that tells me is we're a bunch of needy people. As we come and we're thirsty and we are hungry and we're uh, beaten up even, uh, as we think about the, the things going on in our life and world, some things in our family, some things in our own heart, some things... Uh, in the greater world that concerns us and drives us uh, to uh, cry out for you, cry out for your help and your concern, uh, cry out for your wisdom, and uh, most of all, cry out for your son Jesus, the Savior and Lord, that we uh, pray this now in his name, amen. Amen. So uh, we're talking about the last chapter, and when I say the last chapter, the last chapter of history uh, and I, I want to read to you, and, and we're going to go passage by passage, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. Uh, we are uh, talking about the conclusion, and so we're in the book of Daniel. We, uh, we'll get back to the passage that we looked at uh, two weeks ago, but I want to give you this and just show you uh, in Matthew chapter 24, this is a great passage when it talks about uh, what is going to happen in the end times. And this is what it says, Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. It says, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then it says this, All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Uh, ladies, what does that mean? It's the beginning, right? I'm starting to feel something. Right, uh, starting to feel something, and then you you know those words that every husband is longing to hear, but also fearful of hearing. It's time, it's time, and and this is the picture that God gives us of the end of time. He says uh, it's going to feel like birth pains. It's the idea that uh, it is going to get more intense as time goes on. Uh, 
those of you ladies who have had babies, it's one of those things where uh, how, how do you, you know, uh, you're pregnant and you take a little test or whatever and it says you're pregnant and you go, well, I'm not sure if I felt like I was pregnant, but the test said I was pregnant. I guess I'm pregnant. And, and then as time goes on, there's more evidence and there's more things changing about you and you, you feel the baby eventually and more and more and more. And then finally, the baby arrives. This is the picture that God gives us for his end time events is that as we, and, and uh, you know, my wife has had quite a few babies and uh, uh, more than some, but less than others. Uh, but, um, uh, and I, I remember uh, with particular kids that we had, they were late. They were late. And there's this idea that, uh, that when they're late, you, you know, they give you a due date. And uh, I just, I, I'm not real particular about schedule and stuff like that. But when you tell me something's going to happen on a day, and then I get to the day and nothing happened. I go, I kind of feel like, you know, Germans, we like schedule and structure and there's stuff like that, you know. But uh, uh, this is, and, and I remember with one of our kids being born, they were a couple weeks late and we'd expect them to be early and, and they were late. And, and you, you wake up every morning and you go, you know, when's it going to happen? And, and you know that you're at least one day closer, Right. Because that baby's going to be born. Like, that, that baby can't stay in there forever, okay? Uh, not, I'm not a scientist or a doctor or anything like that, but that's what I know. And I, I want to tell you this, that as you consider what's going on in our world today, we are one week closer than we were when we met last. And you say, well, how close are we? I say, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty close. Um, and so... You know, this is why we're looking at the book of Daniel, and this is why this morning we are going to consider what the Bible teaches about the Antichrist. I want to encourage you this morning. Um, I have this book here. Uh, it's one of our previous pastors, Mike Lore, wrote uh, a book. It's it's not very thick, and it's very uh, uh, very well written. And it's um, Mark, Mike is a, an incredibly smart guy. He loves the Lord. He's excited about uh, the return of Christ. And he wrote this book um, that would be helpful for you if you want to look deeper into the Antichrist. Um, And so I just encourage you about that. I wanted to uh, plug that so he can make millions. Uh, Larger Than Life by Michael Cannon Lore. Larger Than Life. Um, I'll just leave it up in the front here. You can come take a look at it. Uh, after. Um, my goals this morning are that we would be a little bit clearer on the Antichrist and his coming. Uh, it's important for us to be clear. And when I say clear, uh, clearer, uh, like I said, we only get some details, some details. And so I want to kind of put some of those details into perspective for us. And so we might know what is to come. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, uh, my, really, my second goal in all this is that we would not be sad, defeated, or fearing. Sad, defeated, or fearing. Uh, when I said Antichrist, uh, I, was, I said it with a smile on my face. I talked about being excited, and it, immediately y'all went, oh, you know, uh, you're deflated because it makes you nervous. It, it causes you to uh, be, feel sad, angry inside. I know some of you have been struggling with that. Uh, and the idea of being fearful or even defeated, knowing uh, that there will be a time in the future of significant things. And I want to pull this verse out, Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. It says this, um, and this is in the midst of all that's going on in uh, end-time events. It says this, uh, in verse 5, it says, And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. I I can't explain in our time this morning, I'm not going to explain in our time this morning all the details of that, but I want you to, to, to get the picture that when Jesus enters the scene, uh, it's no longer to be feared. When Jesus, uh, as he is control over all and as he is found his place he is authoritative he is able because of what he has done and who he is to bring about these things 
There's no cause for weeping, fearing, feeling defeated. Because Jesus has done and he holds his place. He holds his place. Not just today, but in the end time events that this is assured victory because of Jesus. And so as we consider this this morning, uh, I want to encourage you not to be sad, defeated, or fearing. I also want you to know what and who is coming. What and who is coming. I, I said a couple of weeks ago this idea that uh, if we would take someone from a jungle or you know, someone from the frozen tundra of the north and uh, been isolated uh, in their tribe, and then you, you take them and they you take them to a magic mountain and you strap them on some roller coaster and, and don't tell them anything, and they just go. They'd be terrified. They'd be terrified because they don't know they're going to make it to the end. Uh, but it's not that fun to ride a roller coaster anyways. But anyways, uh, as an example, they would be terrified thinking that they were going to die. Uh, they were not going to make it. But this morning as we look to God's word, uh, we, we want to see, uh, know who and uh, what is coming um, so that we would not be terrified and that we would see God's plan working out. And then lastly, I would just want you to be able to answer this question. Are you for Christ or with Christ or against Him? Are you for Christ or with Christ or are you against Him? Because this is the big issue. This is the big issue of life. There's nothing bigger than this. Uh, I know you have many burdens and thoughts in your mind as you come. Uh, They might feel like overwhelming. It might be your marriage. It might be your health. It might be your finances. It might be... Uh, your bratty kids or your grown-up bratty kids. I don't know what it is. But you might feel like that is the most important thing in life. But I want to tell you, all those things flow out of this most important uh, is what's your relationship with Christ? Are you with Him or are you against Him? Turn over to Daniel chapter 7. Uh, This is where we were, uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. Uh, this is kind of where we left off a couple of weeks ago. And, and we looked at this, and I, I, I want to just briefly give us a, a review. Uh, Daniel has a, a dream vision. Uh, I don't know how to call that other than he, he, God spoke to him in this vision. And in this vision, he got a picture of the kingdoms of the world, these four different kingdoms. And he, this last kingdom is different. Uh, and we connect that to Rome, at least Rome, that present day, but probably future as well. Uh, we'll go back to this in two weeks or so. Um, and he, uh, he says this in verse 8. He says, I considered the horns. He saw horns in his vision. And behold, uh, there came up among them another horn. So there were ten horns, uh, previous verses. And there came up another horn, a little horn. Uh, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn, eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. So you get this picture and these horns, very uh, difficult for us to understand. We wouldn't have pictured them this way, but this is the imagery given in the book of Daniel. These ten horns uh, being kings or men, uh, if you will, men, the leaders. And this little horn, this little horn comes out and it says, that he has eyes and a mouth speaking, like this picture of him being a man, but he's, so eyes and, and speaking. So we see him as a man, and this man plucks up three of the other roots, and so we have ten horns plus one minus three, and we'll, we'll work these things out. It's a great math problem. There's a lot of math in the book of Daniel, by the way. We'll get to some more tricky math later. Um. So you see, I just want to point out some things. Where we are here is this, that we see this little horn uh, being uh, a leader of sorts, a king of sorts, a, a leader coming out of these other ten. And as, as you picture on, and we're, we're going to see more in the book of Daniel, we'll see more in the book of the, the other books of the Bible, especially Revelation, Matthew as well. Uh, you, you look at this and you see this and you say, hey, this is talking about things that are to come. Ten kings, ten kings, one king, and then three other kings and how they all fit in. And, and we were focused, this passage is really uh, highlighting this little uh, horn. 
And what we get out of uh, that first section I wrote there is this, that he spoke, um, that he had a mouth and eyes. He was a man. And so as you think about the Antichrist, I want you to remember he's a man. He's a man, person. Um, Yeah, we'll continue on. Okay, so a person, he spoke great things. As we go on in verse 20, uh, skipping down Daniel chapter 7, verse 20, it says this, and about the ten horns uh, that were uh, on its head and the other horn that came up before which the three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth and spoke great things and that seemed greater than its companions. And as I looked, this horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days uh, came and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And at that time uh, when the saints possessed, possessed the kingdom. A few more pieces that we get from this little horn. I, I said already that he spoke great things. And these great things that he spoke... Uh, showed him to be greater than his companions, greater than the other horns. So what, what you're getting here is the speaking of great things, the speaking of great things, and greater than the other ten. Greater than the other ten. We're going to put these together piece by piece because that's all we get. Um, it, it also says that he made war with the saints. And I would say it this way, he temporarily prevailed. Temporarily prevailed and so we see him as a political military leader who made war against God's people and he prevailed um, but prevailed temporarily temporarily and it says what Uh, he prevailed until verse 22 uh, until the ancient of days came and judgment was given for the saints of the most high and the time came uh, when the saints possessed the kingdom. That's so important for us to remember um, that uh, the Antichrist will have his day. He, he will have his day. He will, he will be seemingly victorious. He, it'll be as if he is conquering and he's winning. Uh, but in the end, know this, that he will be the loser. And I want to say it this way, the greatest loser. The greatest loser. He will be the greatest loser. Um, as we put these things together, I want you to just put these things in perspective. Uh, speaking great things, being able to uh, lead, but uh, lead militarily and even uh, conquest against God's people and seeming to win. But in the end, he will be the biggest loser. He will be the biggest loser. Um, other Daniel passages, Daniel 9 and uh, Dan- uh, Daniel chapter 9 Daniel chapter 11, I'll just summarize these things. We won't read them, but you'll, we'll get to the 70 weeks. We'll get those in months. We'll get, we'll get to the weeks in months. Right. Um, and uh, in that, it talks about the rebuilding of the temple, a strong peace treaty uh, for one week, one week. Uh, the picture of seven years, one week, and then a half, and then a great war. Okay, These are some of the events that happen in the book of Daniel that we'll get to in the weeks and months ahead. Now, I want to stop and just talk about Antichrist for a minute. But to talk about Antichrist, I think you have to remember and review uh, what does the word or the title Christ mean? As you connect in the New Testament, that, that word Christ is the anointed one or the Messiah of the Old Testament. He's the one that is to come. Uh, he's the one that's going to be the Savior. He's the one that takes his right pos- rightful position as king and ruler over all. That's what Christ is. In fact, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18, if you want to turn there, um, there's these identifications, and I, I think in the Gospels, even as I, I thought about that uh, as I was studying, um, it, it's in the Gospels, in Jesus' life, over and over and over again, it's this picture, Jesus is my name, but I am the Christ. I'm the one. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And, and the Gospels, over and over again, in different situations, through miracles, through teachings, 
through interactions with people, rabbis, and, and, and this big issue is coming up over and over and over again, is what? Is this man the Christ? Is this the one? Is he the one, the anointed one, the one full of authority and the one full of control? Um, as you look in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18, God's word says this, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? He asked this to his disciples. And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. At this time, this is a scene acknowledging who Jesus is. Jesus the man is the Christ, the one that they were waiting for, the one that will be the Savior, the one that has full authority, the one that uh, will be the one to bring it to fruition, all this uh, events of life, and, and they knew it. They identified him. And I want to tell you, there's a bunch, a bunch of Scripture that would have the same concept, that he is the Christ, that he is the one. Um, this uh, kind of happens in your life and my life too, right? Uh, that we come from different backgrounds. We're growing up, you know, we're playing with Legos. And uh, if, you're, if you're raised in the church, if you're raised in a family that shares the gospel, uh, if you under, you know, you're taught to read the Bible, there's this moment in time it's usually not a moment, but like a, a culmination of what you're learning as you learn to read and as you learn to think. And, and then you go, huh, Jesus is over all, huh? And I'm a sinner and he's the same. I'm getting it. Like I need him, huh? Y- yeah, you do. And, and there's this revelation to you in a moment in time. And it comes out that you acknowledge even as Peter did as an adult, uh, that Jesus is the one. He is the Christ. And I want to tell you, that's most important for us. Most important. It's most important for our kids. Um, you, you may not like coming to church. You, you may think you don't need it. Uh, but your kids do. Even if you're too prideful and blind to see that you need it too, okay? And so I I just want to tell you that that this is the most important message for you and your family, the most important message, that Jesus is the Christ, and not just that he's the Christ, but he's my Christ. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He is the one who has authority and position in my life. So, so. You have Christ, and then you have the Antichrist, who we're going to look at in a moment. I, I want to put these together. Some, have, some theologians have said it like this. There's the Holy Trinity and the Unholy Trinity. Um, and, and maybe that's helpful for us to think about. So you have Christ and all that He is, and then you have the Antichrist. And what's the difference? And you say, Anti. Right. Uh, but, but, but what we're going to see is that the Antichrist wants the position and is attacking the position of Christ. And what he's doing is he's trying to do what Christ can only do. Um, we'll see uh, different um, forgeries, if you will, uh, different uh, things that the Antichrist does that are opposed to the anointed one but not just that, but they're false. Uh, they're attempts to mimic the work of Jesus. I, I want to tell you, when I say unholy trinity, um, you, have, you have God, and then you have Satan. And, and I just, as I was thinking about this, I go, please, come on. Satan, the one created being, the fallen angel, thinks that he can uh, take the place of the Ancient of Days? 
uh, the create like it's ridiculous, and yet that's true. Satan is desiring of that position. Antichrist is desiring the position of Christ, and in in the book of um, Revelation, you find out about the false prophet uh, is also at work um, trying to mimic uh, power uh, that can be connected to the Holy Spirit. Anyways, uh, Antichrist. Uh, the Antichrist is anyone who opposes the anointed one and attempts to displace him. Uh, he is looking for the right to rule. That's what Antichrist is. He's looking for the right to rule that only belongs to Jesus. It only belongs to him. And so uh, as John uses this title, Antichrist, uh, this makes him the, the opposite of that which is Christ, but also uh, desiring to be a false Messiah. Let me show you a little bit more about this. 1 John chapter 2, um, verse 18. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. And I say John because John's got some... First uh, John, Second John, he says some things, but also the book of Revelation, where he has written that as well, and he brings about uh, this title of Antichrist. This is what he says... Uh, in 1 John chapter 2, he says, Children, it is the last hour. Uh, in, in the book of Matthew, what did it say? You know, the birth pangs, right? These are the things of the, uh, of the last time. And now he's saying last hour. It's, it's the last chapter. It's getting towards the end. This is, uh, this is what you will see. And he says, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Uh, they went out from us, uh, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But when they went out, uh, that it might uh, become plain that they are all not of us. Verse 20, but you have been anointed uh, by the Holy One, and you, you all have, have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. And then verse 22, he says this, Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Okay, so I want to point out some things. In verse uh, 18, last hour, he said, Antichrist is coming. Uh, he says, Antichrist is coming. And now many Antichrists have come. Okay? I want to make a distinction there. And it's a very important one. Pastor Mike talks about that in his book quite a bit. That there are Antichrists, plural, here now. And have been in history. And theologians and Bible studier, scholars, Christians from every generation have wondered about different leaders if they were the Antichrist. You know what I think they were doing? They were identifying Antichrists, not the Antichrist. So, so who is an Antichrist? Uh, it, it's very, I don't want to say very simple, but uh, anyone who denies Jesus... Anyone who denies Jesus. And this is, I, I want to pause here just for a moment. Just pause here just for a moment. And we're in 2021. Who do you listen to? Which Antichrist are you listening to today? I want you to think about that. Um, I, wanna, I don't want to know how much I want to talk about this. Um. So uh, when you see something on the news, someone speaking of authority, are they antichrist? You say, well, I don't know. Yeah, you probably don't know. But uh, if they're setting themselves up as authority over, if they're wanting you to obey them as Lord, if they're going against the Scripture if they're pushing you away from the worship of Christ, that is an Antichrist. It may not be the Antichrist. It may be, but it may not be. 
And so what he's making a distinction here is this, and he's going to go on and even broaden it out a little bit more in chapter 4. But John says this, he says, In the last hour, Antichrist is coming, and many Antichrists have come. Like, like the many Antichrists are out there right now. But then there's the one that is going to come at a later time. And how do we find out who they are? Verse 22, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. I just want to tell you that uh, we have many uh, religious, political, uh, powerful men and women of our day today in the United States of America that are Antichrists. (laughs) They're Antichrists. They're people that are trying to get the position to see themselves as greater than Jesus. I want you to think about that. I realize that that may be a new thought to you. Uh, further giving this idea, if you turn to 1 John chapter 4, and once again, John is bringing this out, and he, he's being very clear. I think the title he uses, obviously inspired by God, but Antichrist that right there, just by definition, should say, this is, this is something I don't want any part of. Um, Antichrist. In John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, uh, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Verse 2, By this you will know the Spirit of God, and every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus, confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. Um, uh, you know, so there's the Antichrist, there's many Antichrists, and there's the spirit of Antichrist, which is in the world right now, right now. And so I want you to be thinking in terms of God's people here right now as you prepare uh, for end time events. I want you to be careful to say uh, that person's sounding like the Antichrist. And so I need to alert myself and guard my heart and, and, and reject words that, that would lead me down the wrong path. And, and then you see just ideas floating around that may come in and may come from friends. And you say, ah, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's how we get there, right? It's uh, prevalent in our world right now. Um, man, uh, we could talk a lot about that, right? It could be a great sermon series. Call it the spirit of Antichrist in the world today. Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. Um, just scratching the surface. Uh, but, but to identify that, uh, you, you know, I think that a, a lot of times we assume that there's, uh, we assume that someone is going to introduce themselves as an Antichrist. Hi, I'm Kevin and I'm an Antichrist. Make it simple for you, right? They're not going to do that. You're going to hear it through their words, their actions, what they're attempting to do, their agenda. Um, we, we think that the world is a neutral place, and then there's a couple of people who identify themselves or follow the spirit of Antichrist, and there's some good Christian people, and there's this huge group in the middle of neutral people. It's not true. Not true. And so John warns us, uh, and he tells us, and he prepares us. Antichrists are here. Spirit of Antichrist is alive and well. And Antichrist is coming. Is coming. It's the teaching of 1 John. I'm not going to share with you uh, all uh, of the scriptures that pertain to this. We are going to go on uh, to two weeks uh, I told Pastor Brandon we're going to do it in one week, and then I just couldn't do it to you. I couldn't do it to you. I couldn't do it to me. Um, verse 4, I, I want to give you this. Uh, so uh, talk about Antichrist, and like I said, this, this burdens our hearts. It burdens our hearts, and it, it, it 
concerns us. Uh, We like to live in a safe world that everything's going to be fine, right? Everything's going to be okay, and this is why it's going to be okay. Verse 4, 1 John, John chapter 4, verse 4. He says, little children, that's you and me, um, you are from God and have overcome them. Who's them? The spirit of Antichristers, right? The Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. You've overcome them. Uh, Why have you overcome them, by the way? Because you're really smart and strong and like you are kind of like them. You're over them, right? No, that's not why. Uh, if you look to the, John's writings again, uh, he loves the idea of the overcomer. And you see that in the, the churches. Why have we overcome? Because of Jesus. Uh, we've been given a position of overcomer because of Christ. He says this, he says, uh, you are from God and have overcome them. And then he says this. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's your comfort for today. Uh, Even if tomorrow gets crazy, or should I say, even when tomorrow gets crazy, uh, even when things go on. Some of you are are waiting uh, for calm seas. I say, there might be calm seas ahead, uh, but prepare for the storm. Prepare for the storm. To be able to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine. Why? Because there's not going to be storms ahead? No. But because the one who is in me is greater than the one who's in the storm, right? Like, like this is the way we need to be thinking. Even if we don't have all the pieces, you might not get all the pieces. But know this. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, greater is he that the one that's in you is greater than Antichrist, Spirit of Antichrist, all combined together, anything that can happen, uh, any of the evil forces, any of it. Um, That's our security. That's our comfort. So so we have Antichrist. We have the Spirit of Antichrist. We have Antichrists. Um, Turn over to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. Now, um, next week, kind of what I'm, uh, I'm going to do, I'm trying to give you pieces that we can put together. Um, next week, we'll kind of put some of them better together. Uh, next week, we'll hopefully talk about the uh, Great Tribulation, the Great Tribulation. Uh, that'll be fun, too. And, um, and the book of Revelation, how it all fits together. Um, so, Antichrist and then Great Tribulation and the book of Revelation. Um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And this is another passage that uses a different um, title, frame, identifier of Antichrist. And he says this, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to Him, Uh, We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, uh, either by spirit or by spoken word or letter, seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Um, What is he trying to say there? Uh, Don't flip out. Don't flip out. Um, You know, why do people say don't flip out? Because they know you're about ready to, right? Uh, we, we know that. And this is a comfort from the Scripture. This is the preparation for the roller coaster. Okay, uh, Verse 3, uh, Let no one deceive you in any way, for the day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. Um, he doesn't say what the rebellion is, but then he says, And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. He gives us two pictures of Antichrist there, the man of lawlessness and the son of destruction. The picture of what Satan's plan is, is a couple of different things. Lawlessness and destruction. These are two pictures here. And this is what Antichrist will be doing. Verse 4, it says this, Who oppose and exalt, exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Verse 5, uh, do you not remember when I was still with you and I told you these things? Um, and, and you know what is restraining him now uh, so that, may, uh, that he may be revealed in, 
his time. Verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Uh, Only he who restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. And then uh, the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan and all the power and all the false signs and wonders uh, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Um, There's a bunch of stuff in there uh, about what's going to happen surrounding the Antichrist. Uh, He says these two things, man of lawlessness, son of destruction. This is uh, Antichrist. This is the man of lawlessness. That's what he also is going to be. It's It's a greater, a different identification, lawlessness and destruction. What is he going to do? It says he exalts himself. He exalts himself. Uh, What's the picture here? Well, uh, we are to be worshipers of God. We are to be worshipers of his son, Jesus. We're supposed to worship in spirit and in truth. This idea that we are uh, connected with God as we are worshipers. The Antichrist, the man of lawlessness, son of destruction, he will exalt himself above all, above all gods. He will, you know, this is, uh, there are people that will uh, seemingly joke about being a God themselves. Why is that something that we should not be joking about? Well, because we were designed to be worshipers of a holy God, a God over all. And as created beings, uh, we have no position or authority. We have, it's ridiculous to think of ourselves as above any other human, uh, more or less, the God who made us. And so this is what uh, the Antichrist will do. He'll exalt himself above all. Uh, he'll take his seat in the temple. Uh, the, the, the idea of taking a seat uh, is the, the, on the throne, on the throne in the temple. It's this defiling of the temple that will happen in the days to come because he takes the position of the one in control, authority, the one to be worshipped. This is uh, what the Antichrist will do. You see in uh, uh, verse 9, it says that he was sent by Satan. Uh, The Antichrist is not Satan himself, but he was sent by Satan. That's why we go, uh, the picture of that unholy trinity probably is uh, helpful for us to think that through. And it says this, and this is repeated in a lot of these passages that we're looking at. You will, he will have false signs and wonders. Uh, there will be miracles that will be done by the Antichrist. And what will that do? It will draw people to him. Uh, what did Jesus do? Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. And so these signs and wonders uh, have a purpose of placing himself next to really even thinking that he's superior to Christ himself and uh, to draw people to him just as the signs and wonders drew people to Christ. The word, uh, the word in um, this passage in 2 Thessalonians, I'm looking for it now. Um, yeah, these false signs and wonders, verse 10 and with all wicked deception. They are meant to deceive. They're meant to deceive. And so when you think about Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, and Antichrist himself, he desires to deceive humans. God's creation. God's special creation. And draw them away from the one true Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, I'll just tell you, I just want to highlight this. There's a lot about Antichrist in these passages. Um, but what does it say about uh, Antichrist and like kind of what's going to happen? Verse 8, it says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing. Uh, remember that. Remember that. Uh, the Antichrist will be extremely powerful and do extremely magnificent things that will uh, seem to be uh, just 
phenomenal things like as you see them and his power and even the wars and the the idea of drawing people to himself and what what he would do but know this know this that the end we know the end we know it god has revealed it to us he shared with us how this is going to end up and it says for the antichrist uh, that he will be blown away uh, by jesus himself uh, breath of his mouth and bring to nothing um, I think so often we are impressed with godlessness. We're impressed by it. Uh, we see an army do something amazing, and we see a wicked man who, who um, uh, makes billions of dollars, or, or we are impressed by a political leader, uh, what they can do and how they can uh, garnish strength and, and change laws and make great kingdoms. We're, we're intrigued by that. I want to tell you, that will be the same stuff that intrigues people about the Antichrist. But in the end, it's not just that greater who is in you than he who is in the world, that Antichrist and all his accomplishments will come to nothing. Come to nothing and be nothing. We'll stop there. It's got a few uh, closing thoughts, and uh, next week we'll look at the book of Matthew and Revelation um, and hopefully bring some of these things together. Um, yeah, t- uh, let me finish these things, and it's going to help us, I'm sure. Uh, three uh, tie-up thoughts for us this morning. Um, want us to think, and I, I want my own heart to say, because I know that lies, deception, and seduction are here and are coming. You know, when I think about the Antichrist, I think lies, deception, and seduction. I say seduction because all this is meant to draw us in, to, to say, hey, that's attractive to me. I want, I want it. Because I know that about the Antichrist, because I know that that is coming, today I love, cherish, and search for the truth. That's, you know, that was on my mind. I'll just tell you, uh, sometimes I cheat on the surprise box. Sometimes I cheat. Just sometimes, though. Sometimes it's truly the blank mind. And I, but this morning I said, you know, I want to talk to the kids about being excited about what is coming up in the future. And whammo, Christmas. <laughs> whammo, it just was there. Uh, um, in fact, I was thinking about Christmas, and I go, oh, that might be too far-fetched. And then the banana showed up. Um, <laughs> it was perfect. Thank you, Delowers. Appreciate it. Um, what was I talking about? Um, I love, cherish, and search for the truth. I prepare, prepare. Um, I, I, know, I, I know that Jesus is coming. I also know that Antichrist is coming. I know it. Not because I know the future, like I don't have a, a crystal ball or like I don't have special powers or anything like that. Um, I'm not a prophet nor a son of a prophet. But I know the scriptures. And for certain, I know that's going to happen. And so I prepare. And how do you prepare? Today, you love, cherish, and search for the truth. I want to say it this way. Um, When you find someone lying to you in the news, if you find people in your life that are lying to you over and over again, I just want to tell you, that, you know, uh, especially if you're related to them, don't say, you're, you're the Antichrist. No, you're an you Don't say that. But in your heart, go, I need to be careful with this. This is not the truth. And in your heart, reject that. Uh, it's very important. Uh, I, I want to I say this, that, that we're searching for the truth. But I want to tell you, it's going to be hard to find the truth uh, uh, in the news or on the internet. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, truth on the internet, right? Um, and I, I want to tell you, we live in a fake world where they can do all kinds of crazy things, right? Um, I think I mentioned this before, but in the last month or so, 
Uh, there's a company there up in Canada, I believe. There's probably other companies that you, um, that I can, I, I watched this. They, they did a, a demonstration of this program where uh, you can read like one or two sentences off a screen and into a microphone. And then they'll take your voice and they'll reproduce, reproduce your voice to say things you've never said. And I watch it and I go, wait, uh, I'm recorded all the time. So if you hear something crazy that Kevin said, (laughs) it may be me. It may be me, but it may not be me. You think about that and you go, well, how will I know? I want to tell you, you won't know. You won't know, you know. It's physical things that we can touch and be with. That's why it's so important to be at church here, right? We have a Bible we can open up like this, right? And we have people we can hear, and they're breathing. They're right around us. They're real people. I, for the most part, you guys are real people. I don't, I don't think these are clones or you know anything. But I want to tell you, it's going to be hard to tell the truth. But I, I know this. We know the Scriptures. We can cling to the Scriptures. We can cling to it. And we can cling to Jesus himself. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He said, I am the one. I'm the way, the truth. If you're looking for the truth, he's the one. John 14. Second thing, um, because we understand this concept and identity of Antichrist, I love Jesus and I reject the Antichrist. I reject an Antichrist and I reject the spirit of Antichrist every time I see it. Maybe out loud. (laughs) Maybe out loud. I reject that. That's not right. That's not from Jesus. I'm not listening to that guy. Reject it. Because I understand it. Because I understand this concept and identity of Antichrist. Because I understand the significance of it. I love Jesus and I reject all that is not from Him. And lastly, knowing the Antichrist will come. Today, I embrace and accept Christ. I'm not, I'm not for the Antichrist, no matter what he offers. I already have a Savior. I already know the King. I already know the winner in the end. And today I embrace and accept him. God, thank you for this time in your word and uh, for our time that we could share together and look at some scriptures, some things that you've wrote for us. God, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to... Uh, comprehend the days ahead. God, it's hard for us not to just think uh, that everything's going to be perfect down here, uh, that weather's going to be perfect, and that everything's going to be easy for my family. But God, may we embrace your plan and realize this life is not all there is. It's just temporary. Um, And so that we would prepare by embracing your son Jesus today and be sharing it uh, with our friends, family, and our kids. God, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.